The Ryan and Russ Show is brought to you by Vision Homes. If you're looking to build a home in North Central West Virginia, visit askvisionhomes.com. Vision Homes, making you building you a house you're proud to call home. And don't forget to subscribe to The Ryan and Russ Show, but don't take our word for it. Take Coach Nealon's. Hi, this is Coach Don Nealon, and you're watching The Ryan and Russ Show. Please subscribe. <laughs> And we welcome you in to another edition of the Ryan and Russ Show, your source for West Virginia sports. Our Behind Enemy Lines series continues with, of course, the Oklahoma Sooners this week. And we have our guest today, none other than Troy Tuning himself, uh, our co-host of the Big 12 College Experience. Also, you may be asking, wait, you had him on for Oklahoma State. How can you have him for on for Oklahoma, especially after Bedlam? Well, when your grandfather went to Oklahoma, your dad went to Oklahoma State, uh, and your mom went to Baylor, and you are obsessed with all these teams, and as we joke on the other show, constantly fighting a family civil war, you know a lot about all three of these teams. So, uh, And we also didn't want to get involved with an Oklahoma media guy, especially since they're leaving last year. And, you know, <laughs> we're not trying to have a fight break out on the Ryan and Russ show as well either. So with all that being said, Troy, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you. How are you doing today? What's going on, guys? Doing pretty good. Um, I'm glad that we could, you know, do this scheduling a little bit different so I can go to the hockey game later. But, man, what a uh, – the Oklahoma fan in me, I guess I will fake act like I care. Uh, <laughs> what what a, what a letdown to lose the last bedlam after dominating the – rivalry for so long forever just always being that we're the we're we're the best school in Oklahoma we always will be not anymore I mean the last laugh burns burns and it's going to burn forever and and Gundy saying you know we won't play them unless we get matched up with them in the college football playoff is just just dump the salt right on the wound man oh <laughs> you guys well, you guys yeah. you guys have the chance to uh, this might be the final nail this could be Neil's Neil's final nail Neil's nail Neil's nail. Well, well, well Troy, let, let's get right into it with with Brent Venables. And what's the the pulse of the program and how they feel coming off back to back losses, losing the final bedlam? I mean, you were just what seven and zero a couple weeks ago, and I, I think everybody could foresee that you were going to drop at least one. But back to back on that uh, road trip, losing at Kansas, losing at Oklahoma State, what's the fan base feelings towards Brent Venables in this program right now? Well, I would I would say that everybody outside of the Oklahoma program and fans could see that they were going to drop one, but the the juice was getting getting pounded in Norman. They they there was really thoughts of college football playoff and like we're going to go into the SEC after getting a semifinal matchup with Georgia or something like that. Like we're going to show these teams are ready to compete. I feel as if the thoughts on Brent Venables are right back to where they were at the end of the year last year after going six and seven, just dr dropping the, you finally get matched up with a couple of good teams. I mean, not to hate Texas or anything like that, but those rivalry games are, they could be coin flips. You can't take too much out of it. You have to go on the road to Kansas. You have to go on the road to Stillwater. You don't get anything in either of those two games. And you kind of have the exact same issues in both games. I feel as if the fan base is right back to where they were at the beginning of the season on Venables. And I have some bad news. I think it's going to get worse. 
It, it, it can absolutely get worse, Troy. And I don't think we're out of the realm of possibility that Oklahoma drops their last five. Is, you know, this week, obviously playing West Virginia. Last year, we beat them for the first time since joining the Big 12. But take you back two years in Norman with Garrett Green starting and not Garrett, the Garrett Green we know today that has the experience in the slinging the ball and running the ball around. You know, it it took till a last second field goal and a missed snap and a false start to to get Oklahoma to win that game. So, I mean, put the the 12 and a half points far to the side that Oklahoma's favored. I mean, I'm I'm not going to be surprised at all. I feel good about this game. I know you do too, Ryan, that that yeah. West Virginia could absolutely go into Norman and win this game primetime on Fox. And then Oklahoma has to go to BYU and Provo and you've lost three in a row. Now you have to go play in the mountains and elevation at a team that it's going to want to get their first bowl victory, depending on how this Iowa state goes um, not bowl victory, but w- victory to get them to bowl eligibility. And then end the season against TCU. And if you lose four in a row, you might be given up by then. And TCU might be trying to get bowl eligible too. So with, with, with all that being said and where we've come is, is that out of the realm of possibility to drop these last five or at least at a minimum, how many losses do you think this Oklahoma team still has in? Them? I mean, they're, they're at least going to lose one more. You can chalk that up for sure. But I would say the the two more losses is also probably pretty safe. I think they're going to at least drop two more games. The, um, the issue with some of these, the predictions or the lines or whatever you're looking at, the advanced statistics still say Oklahoma is a really, really good team because their offense was performing really well against Sister Jean of the Blind. And as things have gotten tougher, all of the issues that anybody that was looking at it from an unbiased perspective of Oklahoma, all of those issues just have gotten larger and larger. So uh, this is not a good spot to turn around. I mean, I know the game's in Norman, but... This is a very similar team to Oklahoma State, which kind of controlled the game against Oklahoma most of the time. They were they were making them play from behind most of the time and putting them into pressure spots that they just couldn't quite get it get it quite. I mean, they kind of remind me of the Dallas Cowboys in terms of oh man, if we had had one more yard here and one more yard there, but it's the same old story. It's always one more yard. There's never a game where they get the they get the one yard and and. And for this year, they've already had that game. They actually they won the Texas game on the last play. So, you know, I I don't really see a huge turnaround coming. I actually see a glaring betting strategy that we've already we've already two weeks into it. Just fade Oklahoma. I mean, yeah. they're gonna if you're gonna give them these big lines, there's I mean twelve and a half. There's no way, right? Like this is a this is a one possession football game between teams that have one possession football games quite a bit. Yeah. Hey, Troy, let's, let's talk about the QB, man, because Gabriel, uh, he was a Heisman candidate. I mean, the, after that Texas game, lit it up. I mean, he he was lighting teams up before the bye. But ever since that second half of the UCF game, he's kind of been shaky. I mean, these last two games, one touchdown, two interceptions, completion percentage not as good, missing throws. What do you think has been the main reason other than just playing on the road for the first time since what Cincinnati? I mean, they'd only had really one true road game up to that point. Do you think it's just that they hit the road and he struggled? It's not, I don't think it's just the road. The, uh, the biggest glaring thing that stands out to me is after the first hour, well, after the Texas game, 
Oklahoma had like a, a they were third or fourth in the nation in early down EPA. And mm-hmm. in the last three three games they've played, they're down to 24th. They're just they're not able to run screen plays or a little short dump offs for seven yards on first and second down. And then you're asking Dylan Gabriel to make even more accurate throws into tighter windows on third down when teams know you're probably throwing the ball. And it's, I mean, he has not been accurate. He, we were talking about it after the UCF game. He, even the easy throws don't look that easy for him right now. And I don't know if that has something to do with his, maybe his stature as you get into some of these big 12 games and the, the D lines are just way big. He's getting a lot of balls batted early, early downs. Uh, forcing him to throw late in downs has not been successful. I, I don't think you can pin it on just the road. I think it has way more to do with the, the strength of the teams they're playing. Yeah. And, and I mean, looking at this, this schedule too, it's like, it seems like kind of to put this all together, it seems like they already won their Super Bowl against Texas and then they had their bye week. And then we saw what happened with UCF. I mean, UCF gets that two point conversion or, you know, we, we had our, we had our issues in that game when, you know, when we were talking about it, I mean, we might even be talking about three losses right now. It's, it's, they've definitely come out of that bye, and we see this before is these teams don't, they, they're like, Oh, we did our job into the bye, We're good. And they kind of get a little bit of that comfort and, and keep going. And and speaking of that and what's kind of going into all this, Troy, and you you brought this up before, is kind of concern in your line play. And especially if you can't dink and dump, I mean, that says also a bit about your line and not being able to set up blocks like right and correctly. And for for a team in West Virginia where our strength is our line play and winning the trenches and grinding out these teams, I mean, that's got to be a level, uh, you know, an area of concern. For, for you going into this game. Is that your biggest concern about this that, game with West Virginia or are there others as well? That is the, uh, the exact concern that I wrote down when you were going through the, uh, the outlines for the show beforehand of like biggest matchup concern for the Sooners is the, the Danny Stutzman versus the ground game and the, the, the screen game of West Virginia. We saw RJ Harvey go off for UCF. We saw uh, Neil go off for Kansas. We saw Ollie Gordon. I mean, it took them a few more carries, but they were controlling the game with their ground game, getting enough yardage to continue drives. I don't see that changing with C.J. Donaldson and the West Virginia line. I think they – I mean, you can look at kind of the same thing, uh, 20 carries, 130 yards, something like that. That's enough for West Virginia and Garrett Green to control the game, slow the game down, take away two or three drives from Dylan Gabriel. But yeah, the 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 ground scheme for West Virginia, and if Danny Stutzman's able to shoot any gaps or anything like that, is the biggest concern because besides him, they don't really have a bunch of guys on that team that want to you know get down into the box and get nitty gritty and and super dirty and stop the run. It's got to be the the biggest glaring thing. I mean, if West Virginia comes out on the first drive and you see them averaging four or five yards per carry. Could be a long one. Could be. Could almost be wrong team favored at twelve points. Yeah, <laughs> Troy. So l- let's talk about you. You kind of hinted at it early. The game we just came off. Oklahoma currently leads the series ninety-one to twenty. Uh, Oklahoma State Shh. did did get the last two though in Stillwater and including the final one of the matchup for the foreseeable future. As long as Mike Gundy's there, he's not playing him because he said, screw you guys. 
You guys want to go to the SEC? We'll see you in the playoff. And with the expanded playoff, Oklahoma State's probably closer to getting to a playoff than Oklahoma is. What's the fan base? I mean, what what does the Oklahoma fan think of not being able to play Bedlam anymore? I I I know they're excited. They're going to drink the SEC Kool Aid, but I mean, you you got to want to play Bedlam every year, still, right? You would you would think you want to play the in-state school, even if you're. I mean, I understand the SEC's non-con is never really that super duper strong strong so stepping away from having to play the sec schedule and adding oklahoma state to that of course it seems dangerous but what's the point in putting together a football team if you're not going to play these tough games i mean that's the all the glory in the world is saying hey we we can play them next year we got that revenge spot and now it's gone i mean gundy takes it away runs away gets to 20 wins overall for oklahoma state but the last one might be worth might be worth 80 wins that yes. you might, might be able be. to change that to like 100 to 99 in the overall. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No the, doubt. Uh, uh, but I mean, from a fan perspective outside of just Oklahoma and Oklahoma state, not having bedlam sucks. Uh, it's always oh. one of the best games. Uh, the fact that they played it in the afternoon also kind of stunk, but between Norman and, and the dude slapping the little wooden, wooden handles and still water, all that, it's gone. And for, for everybody in the nation, it stinks. The, the, the TV execs better not let me see you on the street. <laughs> yeah. Or, no, or it's, us. It's sad, it's sad, man. It's, it does suck. It's like when we lost the brawl, man. I mean, it, it, whether you are an Oklahoma or an Oklahoma state fan, this game should be played every year. So it, it sucks when we lost Texas, Texas A&M too. Even, I know even we're if it's, it back. even if it's like week two, yeah, they should be playing Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, no matter what. Uh, in in terms of like a money maker, it's a plus. In terms of media exposure for both schools, huge plus. There there are kids that are recruited to Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and go to a specific school because of someone in their family. That's gone. It doesn't even matter now. You can just go to you can just go to Oklahoma. You can do what my dad did and just go to Oklahoma State instead maybe because he wasn't good enough to play at Oklahoma, but we won't mind that. That's funny. Um, I mean, at the uh, time that was when they were stacking up to get to the 90 wins against Oklahoma state. So, yeah, yeah, no, it it makes sense. Troy, we appreciate you coming on and and taking time out of your day uh, to discuss the Sooners. Um, Let's get, let's get your final thoughts and predictions on this game. How do you see this game playing out? Who do you see winning? I mean, I kind of see this game very similar to the Oklahoma Oklahoma State game. Uh maybe maybe even more towards that UCF Oklahoma game. Maybe there's a little bit more scoring than between the Pokes and the Sooners, but you got a big back, a big line and a a, a team that's a little soft up front. I I think West Virginia can control this game. I wouldn't even be surprised to see like a wire to wire West Virginia win, to be completely honest. It's not, I mean, yeah. the 12 and a half is, again, let's set that aside as hammer the crap out of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, the only thing I think that could give Oklahoma a chance is if there's any kind of special teams woes for West Virginia. If they, if they miss out on three or six points or something like that, that could become an issue. But I mean, if West Virginia executes at 85% of what they did against BYU, I think this is a straight-up win for the Mountaineers. Um, 
hopefully the Oklahoma fans can see the light at the end of the tunnel. That would be lose a bunch. So Brent Venables can get the heck out of here. But yeah, man, this, I just, the two teams are moving in exact opposite directions. You've got West Virginia. That's finally, I mean, I guess not finally from a national viewpoint, because they're still giving them 12 and a half points, but you've got a team that's, you know, they look like they're going to win eight or nine games this season. And that might be right where Oklahoma ends up there. This just seems like a, a, a nice back and forth. Uh, West Virginia just has a little bit more of an identity that they can lean on. And when it gets late into the game, they won't be confused with what they like to do in those situations. Whereas Oklahoma doesn't really seem like they figured out exactly that you should probably just throw it to Drake Stoops at the end of the game and, and hope your little white kid can make something happen. But for the rest of the game, they don't they don't really look like they know exactly what they want to do and how they want to execute. And because of that, I'm thinking Moneyline, West Virginia. I think uh, let's go like 35-31. I like it. I, I do like too. Uh, Troy, Troy, real quick, I know you, you're a co-host on the college or the, the Big 12 college experience with us. How do you see the rest of the Big 12 shaking out? And who, went, who gets it done in Dallas too? I mean, Gundy's going to get one more shot. One yeah, more shot I think at Texas. So too. Yeah. And he's going to get one more shot at Texas, but I think I think Oklahoma State finishes as the the top seed. Yeah, Might happen. happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He only has the uh, newcomers to play. So I would not. Uh, I know we talked about this last night. I would not like a world where it it works out where West Virginia gets another shot at Oklahoma State because if they fin- finish the season on a roll and end up getting a chance to replay in that title game against Oklahoma State, there is no way that it's a blowout. It's it it would be very scary as an Oklahoma State fan side. I would not want to play that game. Um, I think you can rule out Oklahoma. I think you can rule out Iowa State now. Um, we'll see if Kansas State can get anything done, but that Texas loss is is going to hurt them. I think I think we see yeah. Gundy one more time against Texas, and I think we see Gundy laughing laughing his butt all the way, laughing at both of the guys leaving the league after he yeah. told them, "You better watch your back." because it's not going to get any easier for him either. <laughs> you get yeah. Gundy gets to boot him out one door and it's like right into a wood chipper. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. I got, I hope it happens. So it's great. Dude. I would, I would love that matchup with Oklahoma yeah. state. Cause I agree with Troy is if, if we do that again, it, it's Oklahoma state better watch out. But regardless if Texas is in there and whoever they're playing, I think Everyone stands stands behind that team, and it would probably be Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy. But anyway, we digress. Troy, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate you, and uh, Sooners down. <laughs> Sooners down, horns down, every everybody down. <laughs> yeah, let's go down here. We need a we need a Mike and a Neil rematch. Yeah, Mike and Neil, we're cheering that on. Yeah, let's go Gundy. Let's go, let's go Brown. Let's go Mountaineers. See you guys. Have a, have a good day, everyone.